Ready for the word? I got, that was a little weak. Are we ready for the word? That's what I'm talking about. All right, get your Bibles, get your notepads ready. It's going to be a good word today. And if you don't have your Bibles, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, it'll be on the screen for you. But anyway, make sure you have your Bible. Get your notepad ready. It's going to be awesome. Um, man, first off, man, 2020 is just about done. Last Sunday of the year. Some of you are like, thank God. Like, please, like, I don't want, like, I'm done with this. 2020 has been crazy. But can I be honest with you for a second? And some of you are going to be like, you're going to be like, Pastor Dylan, this is weird. Like, why are you saying this? 2020, to be honest, was probably one of the best years of my life. So how can you say that? Like, that's crazy. Like, you, you know, the, you, things were shut down and you couldn't go anywhere. So what? Can I, can I tell you personally what happened to me 2020? My son was born. <laughs> yeah, Peter Dylan Walter. Amen. That dude, if you've seen that dude, that dude is a chunk. Holy cow. Like, he is already, he's only four months old. He's like, I don't know, he weighs more than his sister already. His head is as big as, it's just like, Holy cow, the dude is just a tank. He's going to be linebacker, first-round draft pick for the 49ers. Amen. Yeah. No, Saints, shh, shh, Troy, listen, listen. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's been awesome. We had that. We, we were able to move into a house, and, 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 and like, honestly, this the beginning of this year or two, or both of our cars went, and it just, meaning, like, they just went, they were done, and God blessed us with the ability to get two more cars, and, like, it's just been insane. And I'm not trying to be, like, focused on the material things or anything like that, but God has blessed, blessed us. This year. And I think all of us can even look at our lives and be like, you know what, it's been crazy, but I'm still here. I'm still breathing. My family's together. My, my family's doing well, man. God even broke free in my life even too. Like personally for me, man, I've been dealing, I've been dealt with anxiety for a long time. This year, God really revealed to me like in the moments of like the quiet times and not being able to be around people all the time, God revealed some things in my life and set me free from a lot of things too. Because I think all of us can agree that God has been doing something in our life even if the world is all over the place right now. The cool thing about it is if the world's all over the place, God still has order. So the world may be crazy, but God still is a God of order, and he does everything decently and in order and in excellence. So therefore, God's been working in your life, even if you haven't seen it yet. He's on the move constantly. So to say 2020 was the worst year ever would be a lie. Because 2020 has actually been an amazing year for you personally, and even honestly what Pastor just said, the church. Y'all, churches have been closing doors, but our church is open? And our church, not only that he just said that our, our church has, like, has, been, has given more this year during a pandemic than, than last year when there was none. Like that's unheard of. Like God is obviously on the move. So to say that, again, to say 2020 was the worst year ever, I would disagree with you saying 2020 was probably one of the best years ever. Because God is still here. We're still alive. We're still here in church. When we weren't in church a few months ago, we were doing everything online. But now we're sitting here today praising God together, going after God together, receiving God together, being filled with God together in this place. 2020, best year ever. So again, let's carry that thought process coming this next year. Amen. So let's turn to our Bibles real quick in Psalm 23, 1. Psalm 23, one, super, super short, super easy scripture, okay? Oh, but when you got to say, I got it. I got it. We got a couple people that are still needing to ask, help me, Jesus, to find it. It's all good. <laughs> when you got it, say, I got it. it says this in Psalm 20, 23.1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Again, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. So today, I simply want to preach a message to you entitled, Satisfied. So I want to say Satisfied. Satisfied. Now, now, now speaking of Satisfied, I hope everyone had a good Christmas. 
right? I hope it was good, you know, filled with, filled with memories and, and family fun. And maybe, you know, some children might have been arguing and stuff like that over who gets to open their presents first or, or who has the bigger present and everything like that. This Christmas for us was awesome. Um, it was Elias' kind of first Christmas, my daughter, the first Christmas for her to, like, understand what was going on. And she always wanted to be around Santa. She, every time she saw a present, like, Dad, that's a big present. Every time she says big, it's big. Like, she's really enunciating big. Okay. So, and it was also her third birthday, too. So, so it, was a cra- it was a crazy Christmas. So we have, we have our, our daughters born on Christmas Eve. So not only we're celebrating Christmas, we're celebrating birthdays, we're doing everything. And so it was really cool to see my daughter do all that and, and, and just experience that and have good family fun. And I'm sure, and I pray that all of us had the same thing. But how many of us with kids, I'll say this with kids because this is kind of my first year dealing with a child who understands presents and everything. After everything was done, they're like, is there more presents? Is that it? There has to be more. Dad, where's more presents? I looked at my little girl, I'm like, did you just ask me that? Do you see how many presents your mother bought that I didn't know? <laughs> did you see all this? You have a trampoline child. Like, you are jumping. Like, you have a doll set. You got a doctor set. What else do you want from me? But, Dad, I want to open more presents. Okay. <laughs> Go to your room. No. <laughs> so, so we had that moment of, 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 is that it? And let's be real, even, even us, we were open presents, we're like, man, well, that's nice. It was satisfying the moment we saw the presence of the tree and we're, we were satisfied with the presents that were there. And after we opened them, we're like, huh, well, this is, this is nice, but, you know, kind of, kind of wish I got something else. <laughs> kind of wish I got something. Like, I'll be honest for a second, for a second, and we all had it. I was like, huh. Oh, it's cool, but I wish, and then God's like, really, you're going to complain about a present? I'm like, no, God, I got you. Okay, I'm satisfied. I understand. I got this. But how many of us do that honestly with everyday life? See, we're happy in the moment, and it's great, and it's satisfying. We're like, whoa, this is awesome. This is a great moment. I got all these presents out of the tree. I opened them, and now all of a sudden we look at ourselves, and we're like, wow, I'm not satisfied anymore. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not satisfied. I mean, something great happens, or or you do something awesome, and you're like you're satisfied for that moment, and then all of a sudden it just disappears. It just disappears. We're sa- we we're satisfied for a moment, then it's done. And since we're in Louisiana, I'm going to use the example food. Amen. We love food in Louisiana. Amen. Side note: Did y'all see that Christmas Eve video with the candles? I looked at that and I was like, oh my goodness, that was me when I first came here. Louisiana food has done really good for me. <laughs> I was like, holy cow, Dylan, like, <laughs> bro, like, you need to lay off the crawfish, you need to lay off the po' boys, you need to lay off the gumbo, you need to lay off everything, okay? 2021 is the day of losing, is the year of losing weight, man, like, you got to chill, okay? But I looked at it, so, so we, we, and let's be real, no one cooks like Louisiana, no one does food like Louisiana, no one, no one throws down with it like Louisiana people do, right? We got gumbo, we got crawfish, we got jambalaya, we got king cake, Amen. Mardi Gras around the corner, so king cake's coming. Uh, that's the thing about Louisiana. There's always something to celebrate. It's so funny. Like, everything revolves around food, even hurricanes. Anyway, so <laughs> hurricane party, baby. <laughs> that's how it goes. But, but we, we have all this food, and we eat a lot. Let's be real. Like, Louis, anything, it's, it's Louisiana, it's throwing down with food, right? And we eat a lot of it. And let's be honest, we eat until we can't eat anymore. We literally feel sick inside. We're like, you know what? I may feel like dying, but I'm still going to eat this last crawfish. <laughs> oh, another boba, bro, bring it in. That's not a half. It's a full boba. I'll eat it. Let's go. <laughs> right? So, but we come to this point where we're like, we eat so much, and then we're like, I'm never going to do this again. Like, yeah, you're holding your, you're holding your stomach. You're like, oh, gosh, like, I'm never going to eat like this again. I promise, like, next week, it's a diet starts on Monday, okay? And then Monday comes around, and you do the same thing all over again. <laughs> You're like, man, let's keep eating. Let's do it. Let's enjoy it. Because let's be honest, Louisiana food's good. But 
We do this, but the sad thing is that we actually do this with everyday life too. We, 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 we do, it's not just, not, we think that things will satisfy us in the long run, right? Like eating all that food, right? I feel good, it's awesome. But then again, next week, you're not satisfied with what you ate the week before. So we have to keep, we have to keep satisfying ourselves with things that are, mo- are only momentarily satisfaction. But in the long run, it's not going to do good for us anyway. It's a momentary lift and then back to who we used to be. See, we live, in a, we live in a world that lives for a satisfactory moment rather than living, for, li- living in eternal satisfaction. We want, we want, we want, we need, we need, we need, we need. Well, let's be honest, like everything is, we want everything. I mean, especially me being a tech guy, like, oh my gosh, like I need everything. I have to have everything. And my wife has a really hard time buying anything for me because everything I want is like, you know, <laughs> it's expensive, okay? <laughs> um, but, 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 I, but we all have our wants, we all have our needs, we all have our desires, and we live for this, these satisfactory moments where we have to have the next thing. If we don't have the next thing or the latest thing, then we're, we're upset about it. Or, or if things aren't in order how we want it to be, then we're upset about it. We're not satisfied. There's almost like we're trying to satisfy eternal desire with a momentarily satisfaction. We, we, we do this every day. Let's be honest. Like, we wish we just, we do something just to, man, we get home from work, we're tired, the kids are screaming. Like, trust me, with having two kids now and both of them crying at the same time, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, please be quiet. <laughs> and we search for anything that can satisfy us for a moment. Right, me, I, I like, I, I play video games, okay? I love them. And I go, and I, and I, if my kids are screaming, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in my room. <laughs> I'm going to do something real quick, right? But it only satisfies for a moment, but it doesn't solve the problem that's at hand. See, I can try to escape my problems with something that will momentarily satisfy me, but that doesn't mean the problem has gone away. But if I continue to live for something that will eternally satisfy me, like Jesus, hello, then I'll never, ha- I'll never, everything will be taken care of. Everything will be taken care of. And if we go back to Psalm 21.3 again, 23.1, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. And then Psalm 20, and the same, same, mess, same verse different translations of the message version, it says, God, my sh- God is my shepherd. I don't need a thing. I don't need a thing. Think about it for some. If God is my, says, God is my shepherd, I don't need anything. I have all that I need. I don't need a single thing. I'm good. I'm taken care of. I am satisfied knowing that he is my shepherd. Basically, if God, if God is leading me, guiding me, and guiding me, then I don't need a thing. I don't have to worry about anything. If God is leading me in the direction that I need to go and he is my shepherd, I don't have to stress about anything. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm totally satisfied in who he is and, and I can live life and, and, I, and, I can, and I can do what I want. Honestly, I can kind of do what I want while serving him. This is honestly, that has been the theme kind of for this year, honestly, is being satisfied in the Lord. And knowing that he will guide me. And knowing that he is my shepherd. And knowing that he, even if everything's all over the place, that I can trust that, hey, you know what? I know the world's gone crazy, but I know that my shepherd is still here. I know that the world is, is, is gone. It's, like, it's, it's, it's just crazy. It's all over the pandemic, 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 everything. All this stuff. But God's still here saying, I'm your shepherd. Be satisfied in me. He's saying, I have your back. You don't have to worry about anything. I don't, you don't have to worry about your plans. You don't have to worry about the direction. You don't have to worry about anything. I just need to know that God will lead me and guide me exactly where I need to go. Why? Because I'm satisfied in that. Too many times do we try to take our own direction in life. Too many times do we try to, to, you know, try to say, okay, God, I know you're my shepherd, but you know what? This over here, I know the world's crazy, but I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. Can I be honest? That's what a lot of Christians have done this year. 
Everything went haywire. And like, oh, God, all of a sudden it's not there anymore. Well, I'm going to go do my own thing. That's why we've seen so many people fall away from the Lord. That's why we've seen so many people, so many, honestly, so, so many people turning their backs on God. So many, so many things coming up. So many things happening. But God's still here. I should be satisfied in him knowing that no matter what happens in life, he will lead me and guide me. Like, I think about my own life. I think all of us can look at our lives, and let's be honest, we can look at our lives and be like, wow, some of the things that happened, I did not expect. <laughs> even, while follow, even while following God, you're like, wow, that was a curveball. I had no idea that was going to happen. And like, for me, moving to Louisiana, this, this, was something, this will be something still I'm like, God, really? Like, how, how did you take me all over here? Because I actually told God, it was so funny. I was like, God, I don't want to move to the south because I can't deal with the humidity. And then God was like, oh, really? <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> You're going to slide out Louisiana. Wait, what? <laughs> You're tripping, right? There's no way. But I didn't expect ever to come here. I even honestly didn't even expect to have to have uh, honestly two awesome, amazing children. Being able, I didn't expect it. But can I be honest? I am so glad I'm here, and I'm so glad I have the kids that I have. I'm so glad I'm married to the person I'm married. Like I am so blessed and excited, even though I didn't expect it. I am satisfied in knowing that even though the direction of life I didn't think was going to happen still happened. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need, so I don't need to worry about it. Even if direction of life is like, pew, and you're like, whoa, God, like, that came out of nowhere. And God's just like, trust me. Just trust me. Be satisfied in me. Like, I think it's so hard for us because we're such a go, 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 go mentality. We have everything at our fingertips. We want to do things. We want to conquer things. We want to do everything now. When God is simply just saying, hey, sheep, eat some grass. Chill. Like, honestly, like, hey, go eat some grass over here. It's okay. Like, you don't need to worry about it. I'll call you when I'm ready. You just need the grace. I'm watching over you. If I need, I'll call you when it's your time. I'll guide you when it's time to move. I'll summon you. When it's time for you to move and time for you to move in the direction, I will move you in that direction. But, yeah, we seem to be rogue sheep sometimes. Let's be honest. <laughs> we, 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 we are rogue sheep. <laughs> and we're like, you know what? I don't feel like going there. I'm going to go over here. And then we wonder where God's at, and then it's because we honestly weren't satisfied in the leading of the shepherd that we thought as a sheep we could lead ourselves. Oh, I totally forgot what I said, to be honest. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was off notes, okay? <laughs> oh, man. But... But we, but we think we know better than the shepherd. And so, and so that would mean that we're not satisfied in the Lord. But when we remain satisfied, we say, God, whatever you want to go, wherever you take me, I'm okay with. God, yeah, I know, like, literally, I know some things are not right in my life, or I know some things are going crazy in my life, but I, but I, I remain satisfied in you. Because then at the end of the day, you're the, one who you're the one who created me. You're the one who's planned out my life. I know that you have it all together. So me as the sheep, I'm not going to try <laughs> To figure out my life when I'm not the shepherd, when the shepherd knows what I need to do. Did you know this? And this is, this is crazy. Did you know sheep are one of the only animals that need to be herded? They actually, their brains are so small, right, that they can't. And I'm not saying your brains are small. Okay, don't worry. Sheep's brains are so small that they are incapable of leading themselves sometimes. So they actually need a shepherd to guide them. But yet some of us, again, <laughs> we've been the dumb sheep before. I'm like, ah, I don't think I need to drink. Actually, I don't need to drink this water right now. Pfft. I don't need to eat. Sheep actually need to be led to water. Otherwise, like, sometimes they'll actually, if they, if they fall in, they'll actually drown or something like that. It's, it's just, it's nuts. Like, sheep need to be led. 
So the bottom line is, if we remain satisfied in the Lord, <laughs> remain satisfied in who he is, then we don't have to worry about being misguided. The only reason why we get misguided half the time is because we decide to direct ourselves. We wonder, well, God, where are you at? Well, I went over here, and you're still over here. I need you to move a little bit. I need you to go to this next I need you to move. You're over here in this last valley that we're in, but we've moved. Because you thought the grass was greener on the other side when I was actually trying to show you that even though it may be greener over here, this is not where you need to be. God has the ultimate plan for us. God has the ultimate, we have ultimate satisfaction in who he is. Because why? Because he leads us, he guides us, he has a plan for us. And he knows, we know that if we remain in him, that life will be okay. We have ups and downs, we have to go through mountains, we have to go through valleys of the shadow of death, like it says in the rest of that scripture. But he's with me, for I fear no evil. I'm good. I'm good. So let's continue with this. We're going to go in this next bit of scripture. In John chapter 4, open your Bible, says John chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 1. Verse 1 is going to be a little bit of scripture, so bear with me. There's a, there's, we got a good chunk of it, but trust me, at the end of it, it's going to all make sense, okay? John chapter 4, verse 1, 14, okay? So, so in this instant, we're talking about the woman, the, the woman at the well Jesus met, okay? So we're going to be going through that. It's going to be awesome. So let's dive right into it. If you got to say, I got it. Let's go. Here we go. It says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field of Jacob, near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, the, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because the disciples had gone into the village to buy food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to do anything that has to do with Samaritans. Jesus said, uh, she said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you, has for, for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you, uh, I would give you living water. Do we really understand who Jesus is? Because if we fully understand who God was, then we would be totally satisfied in who he was. Jesus was saying, look, if you knew who you were talking to in this moment, you would know that I have everything that you need. You would know that I, don't, that I have something that will completely satisfy you for the rest of your life. Not just for the present, but for all eternity. If you knew, see, here's the problem is a lot of people say that they know God, but they don't really know him. That's why they're not satisfied in him. Because I would, if I really, man, if I knew really honestly, we hear about Jesus dying on the cross, we hear about him raising, rising again. But if we really knew who he was in that moment, and we really understood the weight of it, we would be satisfied. When we understand the weight of knowing what Jesus did and he came to do, then we will completely be satisfied in the Lord. Why? Because he's shown us who he is, and we have a revelation of knowing who God is. Because if I know who he is, I'm going to be satisfied in him no matter what. Even if crazy, if things in life are crazy, no matter what happens, God is going to satisfy me. Amen, that was a sidebar. Here we go. It says it's continuing into verse 11. It says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And in my moment, I'm like, if this woman's talking to Jesus, like, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket to get this water. I'm thinking Jesus is like, really? Do you know who I am? King of kings, Lord of lords, does it ring a bell? The Messiah? The Christ? Like, 
Come on, people. Okay. So it keeps on going. It says, and this well is very deep. Where would, uh, where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now, I'm sure all of us have heard this story before. Woman at the well, you know, Jesus, you know, he, he tells her, you know, if you drink from this well, you'll grow thirsty again. But if you drink from the well of living water that I'm going to give you, you know, be thirsty again. We've heard it. And basically, you know, the, the, the gist of the story is like, we get it. You know, if we drink regular water, we'll be thirsty. But if we seek the Lord or if we seek worldly things, we'll always come back thirsty. But if we seek the Lord, we'll be good. Right, so we have the gist of that understanding, but, but I want to talk about the well for a second. The well. This, this, so if we, if we read it, if we look back at it, this, this, the Samaritan woman was like talking about Jacob's well. The well. The well. The well. How are you better than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? Hey, Jacob's, and Jesus said Jacob's well was there as well. So we look at it, so there's some, there's some sort of thing surrounding this word, this Jacob's well. So let's look at it for a second. The word Jacob, or the name Jacob, means to supplant in this moment, okay? It says it means to supplant. Supplant means to supersede or replace. Okay, here we go. Jacob's, Jacob's well means a well that replaces another well. So meaning this, Jacob's well, the well that she kept going to, was a well that was replacing the well, the, the well that gives living water that Jesus gives. So they were so stuck, so stuck on getting well from this well that they forgot that there's another well that gives living water. But yeah, Jacob's well might have been passed down from your ancestors, and, and Jacob's well may have been the thing that you've always gone to and always drank from, but I can guarantee you that if we continue going over here, we'll always remain thirsty. But if we go to the well of living water and, 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 and get a bucket of living water and drink from the living water, that we'll always be satisfied. The problem is too many of us keep going to Jacob's well when there's another well that Jesus has. We are wondering why are we, man, this is Jacob, man. Jacob was, a, was, a, was you know, a patriarch of, of Israel. He was, he was the one, you know, he had the 12 sons, and, and that's where the 12 tribes came from. And, and all these, and these people were like, man, this is, this is awesome. But Jesus is better. It's funny how she said, are you better than Jacob? Jesus is like, I created Jacob. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I have everything that you need. See, so many times, again, a lot of us will keep digging out of this well and wondering why we're never satisfied. Keep going. I keep chasing it, but God's saying, come over here. No, God, I got this. I mean, this is the same thing I've done always. This is the same thing that the same well I've gone through generation. My, my family's gone through this generation, and I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I can keep, stop digging in it. Because she's saying, look, if you just stop going to this well that's replacing the well that you should be going to, everything will be supplied for you. Everything will be supplied for you. See, worldly things will always try to come and satisfy you, but in the end will leave you thirsty for more. And the sad part is that people would rather visit this well and, and, want, and try to get satisfied from it rather than the well of living water. And that's, that was true in my life at one point. And I think I've, I've shared this before, man. I was, I was really, really, really addicted to pornography for a long time. Long time. And I kept going to it while knowing <laughs> that this would satisfy me. Knowing that there was a well of living water, I kept going back to the, this Jacob's well. This is the well that, that, that was replacing another well. I kept going here for satisfaction. I kept looking at pornography, and I, and I was deep in it for years. 
and I, and, I, and, I, and I kept going to it, and it kept leaving me thirsty, but I kept going to it thinking that it would give me something. How many of us dig into the well of our anger or depression or insecurities or anxieties or, or all these different things? We, we, we wonder why we're not, getting, we're not getting filled when we keep going here. But the moment that I came over here, something switched. I realized that I didn't need to go to anything else rather than the Lord to be satisfied. I realized that all these little momentarily things are momentarily and they don't do anything for me. Actually, you know what they did? They brought me lower than I was before. But if I go here... <laughs> And I literally just sit in the well. <laughs> and I'm here. I'm drinking from this water. I will never be thirsty again. I will never need anything ever again. Why? Because Jesus satisfied me. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have all that I need. But that's not over. The story's not over with that. We continue with the next set of scripture in John chapter 4, 15 through 17. So continuing, it says, please, sir, this woman said, give me some of this water. Then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Jesus said, go, to your, go get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replies. Jesus said, you're right. <laughs> you don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and you're not even married to the man you're living with now. Certainly, you have spoken the truth. Jesus was just, just very, very upfront. Yeah, you're right. You don't have one. You're correct. <laughs> Good job. But, I, but it's funny because I look at this and I'm like, Jesus, she, Jesus like, you want this living water. Right? You've heard about it. You want this, but you're not even satisfied with what I've given you. You keep going back, you keep going back to this well over and over again. You hear about this well, but yet you're, you're still stuck in your stuff. You know what? This is the same thing with us sometimes. We hear the good news of God, and, and we're like, God, give us more. But you're not satisfied with what I've given you already. I've blessed you. I've given you, and you're not even satisfied with the things I've blessed you with. But yet you keep going, you keep knowing about this, but you don't go to it. God's every week saying, God, I, I want to give you this living water. I want to give it to you, but I need you to understand. I need you to be satisfied in who I am, not satisfied with everything else you have. He has it. And honestly... Honestly, again, like I said, we can look at ourselves, look at our lives and say, you know what, God? Where's the areas that I have put above you? Where are the areas that I've become more satisfied in than you? That have always left me high and dry, that have always left me in the same space over and over and over again. And let's be honest, sometimes it's, just, sometimes it's difficult just to be satisfied in the Lord when there's everything around us trying to get us to be satisfied in it. Sometimes it's hard to, to just be, it is sometimes, because we're human. Look, even if you've been a Christian for a long time, you said, you know what? I do understand he's the, that he's a living water. I do understand this. I do receive this. I do hear it. But sometimes it's, sometimes it's easy to go back over here. But the more and more we stay in the living water, the less and less we have a desire to go back over here. The more that we keep drinking from this and really refrain from this, the more and more that we want to go here. Say, God has it all. God has it all. It says this in Matthew 5, 6, and you don't have to turn to it. It says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. God says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. See, the reason why we may not be experiencing full satisfaction in the Lord or, 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 or wanting is because we're not really hungering and thirsting for righteousness. What does hunger and thirst mean? When you hunger and thirst for something, it's like it's this urge, right? When you're hungry, you're not just like, oh, wow, I'm hungry. Let's go eat something. No, some people get hangry. Like my wife. Side note, my wife almost kicked me out of the car one time when we were dating because it was refraining, I was refraining her from getting food. 
We were, on, we were going on a double date with some friends, okay? <laughs> we have In-N-Out Burger, which is the best burger on the face of the planet. Um, so we're there, and we were, we were going to get food, and I said, babe, we have to wait for our friends. She's like, no, I'm hungry now. And I'm like, babe, we have to wait for our friends. She's like, she's like Dylan, you can choose to stay in the car when we get food, or you can walk. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll stay in the car. Love you, babe. <laughs> this is great, right? So anyway, so that, that amount of hunger where it's like I am about to, like, I'm just hangry, right? We're upset because we don't have food. That's kind of that level of that I feel like that God's speaking here of hungering and thirst for righteousness. Do we have that desire, man? We want to live right for God. Right, righteousness is just right living. Am I, am I living correctly for the Lord? Am I going after him? Because if I'm not, it says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. doesn't mean that we're, we are perfect. doesn't mean that we have everything all together. But it simply is just saying, do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do I, do I have the desire to even want to serve God? Do I have the desire to even go after him? Do I have the desire to go to a new level with him? Or do I, am I just simply drinking from the same well over and over and over and over again? But see, when we get over here and we're drinking from living water, we have, we have a desire to want more and to see more of God and to experience more of God and for us to see new levels of God. See, when I'm hungry and thirsty for righteousness, I am satisfied, but I still want more of God. See, our satisfaction has changed from over here to here where, God, I'm satisfied in you, but I still want to be led by you. I still want to see more of you. I still want you to do more in my life. I still want to see my family saved. I still want to go to this next level with you. So when I hunger and thirst for righteousness, so therefore, when I'm, I am satisfied when I hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then, and then I got to thinking, man, okay, God, there's something more. I've heard, heard, we hear the word righteousness a ton in the word, right? We hear, hear a lot, we know, you know, live righteously, be righteous. Okay. I was thinking about it, and I was, I was thinking about Abraham. I was thinking about Abraham, and in the book of, it does say, it says in the book of Romans here, it says in Romans 4.3, it says, For the scriptures tell us that Abraham believed God, and that counted him righteous because of his faith. So, so let's backtrack here for a second. So if we're satisfied, so we are satisfied because we hunger and thirst for righteousness. We're living in righteousness when we have faith. So therefore, we're not really satisfied if we don't have faith knowing that God can satisfy every need. So it all starts with faith. God credited, credited Abraham righteous because of his faith. So when I have faith in the Lord, therefore I hunger and thirst for righteousness. Therefore when I hunger and thirst for righteousness, I can live fully satisfied in who he is. So maybe the reason why we're not truly satisfied in the Lord is because we don't have enough faith to believe that he can satisfy every need I have. It's believing that faith. It's, that's the, that's, you know what's funny? It's the start of, our, start of our relationship with Jesus. It's the faith in Jesus. It's faith believing that he was the son of God, that he did rise again, and that he died and did, he, he did rise again, and he died for our sins. And believing that he is the son of God. That's where faith begins. So thinking that if we think, take all of this, do we really believe that Jesus did what he said he did? So that way we could have relationship with the Father again. That way we can be in right standing with the Lord. So when I have faith, therefore I'm going to live right for God, right? If I have faith enough, man, God did this in my life. God moved in my life. God did, did something powerful in my life. Therefore, I'm going to live for God. Therefore, I have this desire to live in this well over here and say, God, you know what? I, I have faith and believe that you did this. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to say, I'm not going to leave this well. I'm going to live in it. And then when I hunger and thirst for righteousness, therefore I'm finally satisfied. I'm finally satisfied. It all starts with faith. 
It all starts with faith. So the question is this morning, where is our faith in the Lord? Where is our faith to believe that he will satisfy all of our needs? Where is the faith to believe what it says in, again, Psalm 23.1, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. It all starts with faith. I have to have faith to believe that the shepherd is going to lead me in the place that I need to go. I have to have faith to believe that the shepherd knows what he's doing. I have to believe in faith that the shepherd can guide me exactly to the place that he needs me to be. See, when I live fully satisfied, I trust the shepherd. I'll never leave the shepherd's side. Man, when I'm satisfied, man, I am not leaving Jesus' side. I'm not leaving the shepherd's side because I know that I've tried doing things on my own. I've tried doing things in my own way. I've tried doing things on my own. And, man, it's failed every single time. Let's be honest. We look at our lives when we try to do things on our own. It's like, wow, why am I here? Well, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't, you should have listened to me there. Okay, right? God's like, hey, if you follow me and you're here, I'm going to guide you every single time. I'm going to lead you. I'm never going to fail you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm 100% satisfied in who you are. But again, what is the thing that is stopping you from being fully satisfied in the Lord? Is there our own fleshly desires? Is there our own wants and desires? Is it, is it us doing things on our own rather than allowing God to fully show us what we're supposed to do? God may not give us everything that we want, but he'll give us everything that we need. <laughs> We may not always, let's be real, we don't have everything we want. Let's be honest. There's some things that we want that we don't have. But I think we can all look at our lives and be like, you know what? I have what I need. I lack nothing. I have no need for anything because I have Jesus. I will always be wanting more until Jesus becomes the thing that I 100% need. I'll always want more. Until Jesus becomes the thing that satisfies me always, I will always run to other things to satisfy me. But I I believe 100% in this church in this family, that we have a bunch of believers, a bunch of followers of Jesus that say, you know what, I am satisfied in him. And if you're in here and you're like, man, you know what, I I don't know if I am yet, that's fine. This is the moment to understand he is all that we need. Can I ask you this, has God ever failed you? No, not once. Not once, God has never failed you. God has never left you without. God has never left you high and dry. There's moments where it's like, hey, God, are you going to show up yet? (laughs) Are you here? And he shows up in the next time, right? Every time he shows up. There's not one moment. So if that's the case and we can all say that God has never failed us, then we have no reason not to be satisfied in him. We have every reason 100% to be satisfied in what the Lord has done. Amen. Pastor Ben, you can come up. The one thing that I, that I pray and that I hope that you guys received out of this, again, the, the message is called Satisfied, is to know that even if we don't have everything that we want, we have everything we need. And that God's with us no matter what, that he's our shepherd, that he'll lead us. Guys, I don't need a thing when I have Jesus. What does it say? Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of heaven, everything else will be added unto you. That's, that's not just like a saying. It's not a cool saying like, oh, awesome. Like, here's a sticker. Let's put it on there. Let's put it on a sticker and be a cool saying. No, that's true. If I seek God first, seek the kingdom of heaven, I will have everything that I need. I will lack nothing. I won't be need, I won't, I won't have any wants. I have everything that I need. God today is saying, can you just be satisfied in me? Be satisfied in me and watch what I do 2021. Watch what I do in this next year of your life. Watch what I do in your family. Watch what I do at your workplace. Watch what I do in your personal life. Just watch what I do if you remain simply satisfied in who I am. Stand with me.
about you, but there, there, that God was, you know, I wrote this message out of what God was dealing with me. And there's certain areas that he said, Dylan, you're not satisfied in me. And I said, wow, really? <laughs> kind of sucks to hear. Because <laughs> sometimes you feel like you're doing good, right? And you feel like you're satisfied and you feel like God has, you know, you feel like, man, I'm going after God. I feel good. But God's saying, God said, you're not satisfied. Why? There's certain areas in your life that you feel like you've fallen short in or you feel like that you haven't done well enough in or that you feel like <laughs> you feel like that you're just, you know, no matter how much you go after me, that you feel like it's just going to fail anyway. And God really had to get me to the spot where I have to understand that even if I don't have it all together, even if I don't have things exactly how I want them to be, that I can still be satisfied in knowing that if I remain in him, that he can lead me wherever I need to go be satisfied. Church, you don't have to have it all together. Family, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be this, you know, you don't have to know, you know, this Bible back to forth, you know, front to back. You don't need to know all this stuff. You just simply need to understand that I remain satisfied in Him. So can we all do this? Can we lift our hands? This is for everybody today. This is I feel like this is something for everybody. I don't think it's specifically for certain people, but I think it's just for everybody today to remain satisfied in Him. That today when we leave this place, you'll sense an urgency of just being satisfied in who he is. So can we can we say this prayer together? Can we say, God, help me be satisfied in you and you alone. Help me trust you as the shepherd. And help me continue to be a sheep that follows. God, today I choose to be fully satisfied in you and you alone. God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you, Lord, that we will continue to remain satisfied in you. We thank you, Lord, that as we leave these doors, Lord, that the moments that, that come that we have the urge to go to something else to satisfy us, Lord, that we would turn to you, that we understand that when we go to the well of living water, that we will always and forever be satisfied. Let us live a life of satisfaction in you, Lord. Let us not turn to other things, but let us go after you 100%. And we thank you for this, God. We thank you that for this last Sunday of, of 2020, Lord. We thank you for, for what you've done this year, and we're excited for what you're about to do in our lives, in the city, and in our church. God, I pray as we leave, Lord, that you would protect everybody leaving here as they go to lunch, as they spend more time with family, as they hang out with each other, Lord, that you would protect them. God, that you would fulfill the needs of everybody here, that they would remain satisfied in that, and that their needs would be filled in every area, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're going to continue to do. We pray this in the awesome, mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Everybody shout it. Amen. Love you, church. We'll see you next year.